Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. What is up, everyone? Thanks so much for joining us for this Show and Tell 14 episode. Once again, this is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann, and I'm excited to be joined in the same room with... His brother, Will Brueggemann. <laughs> Great to be back, Will. Will's back yeah, um, from college on his winter break, so we get to do this show-and-tell episode together. Yeah, it's for been, the uh, next few weeks, actually, we should be yeah. together for about a month, which will be really fun. It'll be a blast. And I actually noticed this is also kind of a cool little event. This is the first time our show-and-tell number corresponds with the year. You know, people that and were looking at it might happen think again. <laughs> show-and-tell 14 is if like we do one a year, but we well, actually, actually do uh, one of these every like two months. It'll happen one more time and that's next show and tell oh, <laughs> but after that true. it'll never happen again you know well you know we could just take a break and <laughs> take a year-long break from make it show a and tell. Thing. no you guys that are a fan of the podcast know that it's some of our favorite episodes show and tell is when i bring in 10 tracks will brings in 10, 10 tracks and the other person has never heard these tracks before so they can be new stuff old stuff it's just stuff that we want to share with the other person um, we've turned it into a game you know yeah. when it started it was just kind of like they were almost like filler episodes of us. You know, we were overflowed with so much music that we were listening to. In the beginning, you know, when we hadn't done as many episodes, there was so much game music that we wanted to kind of share and talk about on the podcast. Right. So it was sort of an outlet for that. But now at this point, we've done so many episodes it's kind of transformed and it's become sort of a game of Carl and I trying to best each other yeah, by creating find the, the best, best tracks. And, and honestly, it's turned from what originally was maybe more of a filler to a really integral part of our podcast. When I think right. of our podcast, show and tell some of my absolute favorite stuff. Some of the cool stuff I've discovered has been, you know, in preparation for well, show and, and tell. And it's also, they're nice little benchmarks. You know, they separate the, the seasons in sort of a nice and natural way. Something that I'm really excited about, uh, and I know this is, we do this occasionally, but... Mm -hmm. With my tracks that I picked today, I kind of did it where I'd say like half of them are really for me, are really like the kind of music that I like, and they're just feel good tracks that I've always really loved. And I'd say about the other half are tracks that I'm just really excited to share with Carl oh, cool, because man. some of them remind me of kind of the music that we collaborate together on our projects, awesome. and some of it just reminds me of the type of stuff that I know. Carl yeah, I think loves. mine's similar. I would say most of mine are just stuff that I, you know, are just kind of Carl Carl esque stuff. But there is at least one or two that I pick, you know, specifically for Will. So let's let's get started here, guys. So what you heard playing in was my first pick. That was from the N64 game. Puyo Puyo Sun 64. And that track was... That was in 64? That was N64. Cool. And that track was called End Results. It was composed by Satoshi Shimazaki, Asamo Ishikawa, and Ikiyoshi Nagao. It and, sounded yeah. kind of like Kirby Superstar or something. Cool. From yeah, SNES. no, I, it was a really... It kind of reminded me of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Right. In a way, <laughs> just like really feel-good, catchy jazz Right, yeah. You know what's um, interesting? That that Puyo Puyo, I was looking into uh, they have the some first good... game for the Genesis. That yeah. was one of the soundtracks that good I was music. looking into. Anyway, well, I believe that leads us to your first pick of the day. Well, I'm really glad to do this. My first track that I'm playing is from Top Gear, the the Super Nintendo racing game. And oh, we've played Barry a track... <laughs> exactly. We we played a track um from this game on our Racing Games 2 episode. Mm -hmm. We played um one of the better themes. I, I don't know. And then we also the name, played something really from good. the 64 top. Yeah, Rally, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That that's the one that I've actually I remember that game. We yeah. used to have that on an emulator. Um but 
what I wanted to play from this game, and I thought it would just be sort of a good way to start things off, is I wanted to play the title theme from Top Gear. What cool. I really like about this theme, just to talk a little bit about it, it's using that classic batch of SNES instruments. So mm-hmm. you'll recognize, you know, the bass instrument and all the chords and melody instruments. It really feels like classic Super Nintendo. And I think, Carl, you'll also really appreciate kind of how the form grows and builds. So awesome. let's take a listen to the title theme from Top Gear. Let's do it. listening to the title theme from Top Gear. What do you think of this track, Carl? Oh, I, I really like it myself. I, it's if you so notice much fun. Here, it's slowing down. I love it. Yeah, this is composed by Barry Leitch, by the way. But yeah, I don't remember this uh, when we were choosing our Racing Games 2 uh, music. For whatever reason, I feel I definitely feel like I've never heard this title theme before, but it's really catchy. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. It sounds American. It sounds Western totally. composed, though. There's no way this sounds like a Japanese composer. Right. But you're right. Hearing those classic Nintendo SNES samples... Mm-hmm. It, it feels familiar, but it feels like fresher. Well, the in a thing way. that I like—that's a great little melodic rhythm. It's cool. It's really catchy, but it, it's presented in a way. You know, it's a long kind of build-up. It takes a long time. And before the chord they sequence the doesn't seem very SNES to me. It feels more kind of modern. Right. Film it's score. very arcadey, also mm-hmm. too. You well, know, also another cool thing is. Actually, all eight channels of the SNES are active on this whole song, which is very rare for SNES music. Usually it's like six because they have to, you know... It makes sense they would do it for the title theme, though, you know, because there's no sound effects or anything else to compete with. Really cool. And a lot of that is probably like doubling and delay and stuff. Yeah, nice way to start this episode off, dude. Uh, That was really fun. So now... We're going to move on to my second pick. Uh, I'm excited about this. Hey, it works out so well. It's crazy all the cosmic things that happen. I'm playing an SNES track right now as well. So the the game I'm going to play a track from is called Uncharted Waters. Have you oh, ever heard of that? I've heard of Uncharted Waters. Yeah, I've never, you know, played this game. Not too yeah, familiar with it. Yeah, I've never played it, it either. Uh, the track that I picked is really, really kind of groovy and cool. This is Aboard in the Tropical Area, and the composer is Yoko Kano. I think you may have played a Yoko Kano track in some previous show and tell. For some yeah, reason, that, that name, name really sounds rings familiar. a bell. So I'm going to play Aboard in the Tropical Area from Uncharted Waters for the SNES. Let's take a listen. Thank you. 
really big fan of that melody in the chords, the the bossa nova groove underneath it. I think this is a really cool um, track. It has a little bit of that air of mystery and right. but groove that we get. That combination of mystery but groove we right. get so much in the SNES. It really reminds me of some of the music from the Ganbar Goemon or the Mystical Ninja series. Oh yeah, I could uh, hear that. But yeah, this is a board in the tropical area from Uncharted Waters by Yoko Kano. Thoughts? Yeah, there's something about it that feels very subdued to me. Mm -hmm. You know, like. You mentioned that bossa nova quality, but also I feel like a lot of times any type of Latin or rhythmic groove in video games is really accented and either done in sort of an over-the-top cartoonish way right. or it's it's done in a way where it's like that's the focal point of the piece. And here it's very kind of subtle. It's well, what I think like is interesting, in though, is this is a tropical track and it's not happy. You right. know, if they're going for a Latin tropical, you know, use in the game, I'm surprised how melancholy it is. It's not sad, though. It's not right. really tragic. It it's reminds in me of between. a lot of actual bossa nova music mm -hmm. is in sort of a minor key and has that, that kind of more. melancholy middle ground where it's not sad, it's not happy. It's actually really interesting to listen to, though. And the groove is incredibly strong. There's gonna, you know what? Uh, future show and tell, I may have to come back next time to Uncharted Waters because I was really toying between this track or another track. And I, for the longest I time, I switched it up. I was like, no, this one. Never mind. No, that one. There's a reggae track that's right. really cool that I want to play next time. Oh, nice. So look forward to that. But yeah, well, I think it's time yeah, for your next really pick. really cool soundtracks. Yeah, this next one is a game that I'm really familiar with. I have a lot of nostalgia for this game, and I played a track on it last show until I think. Mm -hmm. This is Ice Hockey for the NES. Ah, nice. And something that's really cool about it that I didn't realize when I was a kid is that this game was um, one of the earlier games composed by Koji Kondo. Now, I played this game growing up because my my best friend Henry at the time, he was the first person I ever met who had an NES, mm -hmm. and we would play this game all the time when we'd come over, because really? we were actually on the same hockey team, so this was like the only hockey game that I was good at. You know, I wasn't and good at like NHL. And he had this game on 06. the NES? Yes, he did. I didn't know um, that we he would had play an this. NES. Yeah, we would play this all the time. It was a very simple game, and it was a whole lot of fun. So he had an NES before you got your NES. Yeah, it was actually, that was the only console he had. He wow. got it for Christmas. Um, when we were like, I don't know, nine years old, I think. Did he want an NES when he was nine? I, th I think he wanted some like video game system. how would you have known about that at that age? Get him that. I mean, I don't know. I remember thinking it was. I mean, awesome as far as your generation, that surprises me that he got an NES. When well, he, was he didn't ask for an NES. That's just what his parents. That's funny. He asked know. for like a modern video game system. They gave him an NES. Right. Yeah. I. I, I mean, little I thought did it was they a know they thing. were doing him a great service. Right. Yeah. We would play. You know, Duck Hunt and Ice Classic. Hockey was always one of our favorites. So and what I are you always love the music. I'm playing. Uh, this is called the in-game theme. So this okay. is the music that happens while you're playing the game. And what I want you to notice is it's really kind of fun mm -hmm. and quirky it captures some of the kind of I guess cliche elements that you'd think in sort of like an 80s hockey movie okay um but in general like it, it definitely it definitely would feel out of place in a contemporary hockey game but I really think it's a super fun song it's really active and busy and it's a great example of early video game let's we'll take a listen uh this is the in-game theme from ice hockey composed by Koji Kondo
This is the in-game theme from Ice Hockey. It's possible that this may have been uh, Soyo Oka. We're actually not sure because I think a lot of times this stuff goes back and forth and I'm looking at it now and I am seeing Soyo Oka listed at least on Wikipedia for this. So I know this... that Koji's listed on the NSF and it okay. was on his Wikipedia page at some point. For, for years. Yeah. I mean, the last time I checked, I remember okay. seeing Yeah, it so this is either Koji Kondo or Soyo Oka. What a great <laughs> two composers that it could be. Either yeah, one of them. There's no way of telling if I you know. put it between those two. They're so good. Yeah, no, let's talk a little about this before we move on. I can't believe this is hockey music. <laughs> it's right. almost like this was a track that was just like, okay, we'll insert this track because we need music. And does it have anything to do with hockey? I love this era, though, of video game right. music where it doesn't matter. This is the music you hear mm -hmm. in almost any kind of NES game. You know, you're not going to hear like... I think it is trying to score like... When you play the game, it works really great because, you know, this is a very chaotic piece of music. It's very hectic. And I mm -hmm. think it scores kind of like the back and forth nature of a hockey game, um, yeah. but it just doesn't sound like what your idea Dude, of, I'm like, so glad you brought this in because I, I I, am hearing a little bit more Soyo Oka to me personally in this, and it's cool because I, I don't get a lot of 8-bit stuff, whether or not it is her Koji Kondo. It, it's cool because I don't hear a lot of this stuff from either of them, so it's it's cool to, to hear this. But yeah, no, this is... This is a lot of fun, and I've... What was the track you played before from Ice Hockey? Um, it was the select stage. It's the one that goes... It's kind of hard to sing. Well, you did a pretty good job just there. So now we're going to move on to my next pick. Nice job, Will. I'm going to move ahead a little bit in time in the history of video games. We're going to go to the Sega Saturn. And we're going to play um, a track from a really well-loved game and soundtrack. This is Nights Into Dreams. Now, this was a game that I had on our list for possible spotlight potential. I don't know if that's going to happen. We have so many other games that we want to spotlight on. So maybe in the distant future, we, we may do this. Uh, Sega soundtrack. We have some classic Sega people here. We have Neofomi Hitaya. Tamako Sasaki and Fumi Kumitani, some Sonic people, people that went on to work in the Sonic series. Once again, for the Sega Saturn, the track that I picked today is The Dragon Gave a Loud Scream. This is cool. Let's take a listen to this from Nights Into Dreams.
You're listening to The Dragon Gave a Loud Scream. We have a little bit of cheesy sax playing right here, which is, you know, the norm for Sega Saturn era video game music. This is from Nights into Dreams, Sega soundtrack by Neofumi Hitaya, Tamako Sasaki, and Fumi Kumitani. A lot of people are a really big fan of uh, this game in this soundtrack. Yeah, so I think this was something that was really a long time coming, so hopefully a lot of you that are a fan of this soundtrack are, you know, happy to hear uh, this, you know, this title finally make the podcast. But Will, what are your thoughts on this track? Yeah, I thought I was surprised to hear that uh, real soprano sax, because mm-hmm. all these other instruments were kind of Might be an alto, synth. but yeah, it's real, definitely. Whew, that makes me actually satisfied. <laughs> it was a soprano sax. We all know, Will. We all know I your opinions. I'd, I'd have to it's get well documented on this on this show. I like that instrument there, that like pan flute, but it has like portamento to it. It's pretty cool. I don't think that's a pan flute. That's a synth. It's, when it's just doing one note at a time, it kind of has a little bit of a pan. Yeah, I guess so. Sound. In general, what are your thoughts on uh, kind of how they use, you know, all these like kind of sequencers and synths and like ri- like really fast rhythmic elements? It's like electronic. I would call this techno music. Yeah, I think that's fair. But there's a really heavy jazz influence. Very 90s. It doesn't sound like modern techno music at all. I think it sounds like video game music, honestly. You know, I think Big it's that kind there. of... Uh, that thing where if you were hearing this outside of a video game uh, without the context, you would probably think this would be great in a game, you know? Right, absolutely. So, Will, I think it's time to move on to your next track, right? Right. So, my next track, this is one I really think you're going to like, Carl. This okay. one rocks. This is a Sega Genesis track from the game Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Hyperstone Heist. Ooh. Um, never and, heard the soundtrack. Yeah. So, basically, the story goes, uh, the Ninja Turtles arcade games were pretty popular, and there were some NES ports and mm-hmm. NES games, some of them good, some of them were sort of ports of the early arcade games. But then, when Turtles in Time came out, that was like a huge, hugely popular arcade game, and it had a successful port on the Super Nintendo. The Sega Genesis didn't get Turtles in Time as a port. Instead, what they got was a completely original game called Not as The successful. Hyperstone Heist. Yeah, it wasn't as popular. Who composed this one, Will? Yeah, this game was composed by Masahiro Ikariko. Uh, this game came okay. out in 1992, and we'll notice it uses some of the same kind of orchestra hit samples oh, cool. that we hear um, from, you know, Turtles in Time. Uh, but in general, I would say that this game's soundtrack rocks a lot more, and it really it uses that FM chip to great effect. I'm I, that's stoked. Why I, I was thinking about you the whole time uh when i was listening to this soundtrack carl and this is my personal favorite tune in this game this is the gauntlet from teenage mutant ninja turtles the hyperstone heist let's take a listen
That was the gauntlet from TMNT, the Hyperstone Heist. What do you think about this track, man? Oh my gosh. It's such a cool discovery. It's because I've never heard this soundtrack for whatever reason. Uh, you know, I've downloaded countless Genesis VGM soundtrack, and for whatever reason, I never, I never checked this one out. But this is really cool. I love that little tag of the Ninja Turtles theme at the very uh-huh. end. Yeah, it's something you'll notice if you listen to the soundtrack. A lot of the level themes are sort of subtle remixes of the Ninja Turtles theme. It's so cool. Which is kind of cool. I chose this one because for the most part it's like completely original. original music. But it does sort of vamp on that similar chord progression. I just thought you'd really like some of the gnarlier instrument choices. One of my favorite thing was that organ arpeggio at the beginning. Yeah, that sounded really that good awesome. for the Genesis. Yeah, no, this is this is a t- this is a track that is definitely kind of using what is quirky and what is unique and uh, I guess effective about that FM chip, using it to great effect. Really kind right. of embracing the harshness and the bite and the like you said the rock nature, the grit of F- that FM chip. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's something that it rocks harder here. If this same track were to be on the SNES, it wouldn't wouldn't work quite as well. Right. That's that's a really cool track. Nice job, Will. Let's see, what do I got next on the docket here? It looks like I got a track. Oh, this is cool. Uh, a slightly more modern pick here. I'm going to play a track from the game Monster Hunter for the Ooh. PS2. This game, I believe, came out in 2004. It was composed by Masato Koda. And I know that this is a series that was really popular in Japan. Uh, never had the same success over here. Uh, but I'm going to play the title theme from the first monster from the first Monster Hunter. So let's take a listen to this title theme here. Here we go. Was a good time to fade down here. You guys are listening to the title theme from Monster Hunter. Once again, this is composed by Masato Koda. 
really beautiful orchestral piece of music. Um, reminds me a lot of Japanese film score. You know, it shouldn't be surprising. You know, a lot of times when, especially in this era, when it wasn't quite as commonplace to have orchestral, you know, scores for video games, I think that is the first place, the first well that you draw from if you're in Japan and you're a composer. You know, you're, you're tasked with, okay, how am I going to score a video game? How am I going to use an orchestra to do something that still fits um, this kind of style? And obviously anime in games, there's, there's, they're very similar in style, they're very similar in tone. Well, I think it's fitting, you know, contemporary video game soundtracks are much like contemporary film and television mm-hmm. scores, and especially if you look in specific regions, you know, I feel like the modern kind of American game sounds like modern American film music, but the modern kind of uh, Japanese yeah. video game score will tend to sound like yeah, Japanese and that's what film I, and television. I love to hear that, and do you know what I'm talking about when I say specifically Japanese film score? Like, are you oh, hearing? Yeah. For me, it's like, I guess it's like a little bit more pleasing and like catchy and well, like it simple sounds like, melodically. It sounds like what... Uh, American film music sounded like in the 80s and yep, 90s. Absolutely. But just slightly more jazz chords. <laughs> like yeah, more minor so. seventh chords. That's like right. what, what I'm hearing. Well, you know, it, you know, it basically it sounds like orchestral video game music. I yeah. mean, that's sort of like a lot of the inspiration for, you know, your Mario Galaxies or, you know, soundtracks like that. Absolutely. Well, well it looks like uh, you're up next here. Sweet. So speaking of Mario, um, I've just been uh, kind of re-obsessing over one of my favorite Nintendo composers lately, and that is Katsumi Tataka. He's always been one of my absolute uh, favorites, and I think he's really underappreciated. When we've been working on, Carl, Marty, and myself have been working on this new double album of Super Mario World Tribute and Mm -hmm. Yoshi's Island, um, and to kind of get in the spirit of that, uh, I've been re-listening to some Kotsumi Tataka as well as Koji Kondo because I think a lot of when I try to sound like Mario, I, I try to sound like Kotsumi Tataka as well. And one of my favorite soundtracks of his is for Super Mario Land 2. Well, it's cool. He's Golden one of the Coins. first people to be tasked with what we're doing now, trying right. to you know cover Koji Kondo or to right. try to model that. Yeah, music. him and I think Soyo Hip, Oka are Tanaka as well. The 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 best when it comes mm-hmm. to emulating that Mario sound and having a lot of heart into it. Anyways, um, I wanted to play an example. This track is called "The Moon," and what this is, it's much like how the underwater or swimming levels in most games make it into three four, and will take sort mm-hmm. of the A melody of a main theme in translate it and reharmonize it and make it sound like a waltz um this game does a similar thing and i kind of it's actually the theme from the moon from ducktales no (laughs) no this is the it's the main theme for mario land 2 awesome but it's this beautiful 3-4 version and i'm excited um, to hear chords are lovely this is the moon from super mario land 2 composed by katsumi tataka Thank you. 
listening to The Moon from Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, composed by Katsumi Tataka. Such a natural variation of that yeah. theme. It almost feels more at home than the right, the main version in some ways. Well, this game, it I love doesn't how it's almost feel like it has a definitive version, which yeah. is something that I that like. That part, that part uh, that we're hearing right now sounds like a mouse, like yeah. a ee, ee, ee. It's so cute. They Very cute. a lot cute. of those squeaky noises. Yeah, the Game Boy just sounds so charming in this soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, he really kind of plays with a lot of that fun, happy, childlike characteristics of Mario music. Yeah. And I think he he honestly does it better than anyone other than Koji Kondo. I, think you I, I really right think that. like the quality of his melodies and the the spirit that he captures from uh, the original Mario games. I mean, honestly, some of the some of the techniques that he uses in this game, I mm-hmm. I feel like are a precursor to Yoshi's Island, especially the da 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 da. Yeah, I hear that. And also, this sounds like you, man. Like I just hear like this influence must have been so important for you. Yeah, you know when you do Mario stuff. So that's really cool, man. I think now it's time to move on to my next pick. I'm gonna play a Genesis track as well, and I think this is probably a soundtrack that I don't think you've heard, Will, and probably a lot of you haven't heard. I was not familiar with it before today or before this week, I should say. This is a game called Ranger X. Ever heard of that? I haven't. Ranger X for the Mega Drive slash Genesis, composed by Yashinobu Hirawa, and I'm going to play Stage 3-1. Uh, yeah, this is, I think, uh, the strongest melody in the game. I just think there's something about this melody. When it comes back again, when you hear it again, that second loop, you just kind of nod your head. You're like, yeah, that's, that's a good melody there. Let's take a listen to Stage 3-1 from Ranger X. Killer Melody. I'm a really big fan of this track. You're listening to Stage 3-1 from Ranger X for the Genesis, composed by Yashinobu Hiraiwa. Yeah, this is, uh, I don't know, I just think this is this is nailing it. I mean, as far as Genesis music goes, it's not like stereotypical rock. It has like kind of that really nice march snare drum, which really feels like epic and intense and is kind of getting your heart pumping. But what I'd say about this melody is it's something that when I first heard it, I was like, I didn't dislike it. But I have to hear it at least three or four times, and by that fourth time, I'm sold on it. I don't know, did right. you have a similar reaction to this? Yeah, I, I might tend to agree with you. I, I've rather enjoyed the entire the entire thing. To me, it, it's all felt really consistent. Yeah, just, a, just a good tune. Well, guys, we're excited 
to actually have another installment of Marty's Corner. It's been a while since Marty's come on. I don't know if we're going to keep this as like a, a strictly a monthly thing. Uh, we'll, we'll see, you know, what feels natural as far as like maybe doing it every couple months or few months. But yeah, another Marty's Corner. And guess what? It's like really fitting to what we've just been talking about because I think he's going to talk a little bit about Kitsumi Tataka. Is that right, Will? Yeah, I, I he's going to talk about actually a specific uh, more contemporary track from this gentleman. So I'm really excited to hear what he's got in store for awesome. us. Awesome. Well, take it away, Marty. Welcome to Marty's Corner. Hi there. Today we're going to talk about music for game consoles. That might sound like a broad topic, but I don't mean music from games that you play on consoles, but the musical elements in the actual architecture of the consoles themselves. Now, the early machines like the Atari 2600, Nintendo Entertainment System, Sega Master System, Super Nintendo, Genesis. There was little to no console experience without a cartridge or media. In some cases, there'd be a splash screen turned on empty, but that would be the extent of any native experience on the console itself. By the early 90s, that became a characteristic difference between console and computer gaming. Computers of the time had fully fleshed operating systems, even if they didn't necessarily always have graphical interfaces, as was the case with DOS. But the startup sounds of early Mac and Windows OSs and their accompanying clicks, bleeps, and alert sounds were an integral part of their experience, and in some cases, arguably a signature of their brand. Flash forward to our current gaming landscape, and the line between the personal computer and console experience is pretty faint. This was perhaps most apparent in the previous console generation of the PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, and the Wii. Each of these consoles had their own operating system. Now, one of these three major players, Microsoft, has been in the business of making operating systems since the 80s. Sony, too, developed their own VIO OS for PCs in the 90s, and having been a major player in home media entertainment for decades, designed many TV, VCR, and DVD interfaces. The choices each of these developers made in their console OS and menu design reflected a lot about both their brand image and the type of gaming they offered. In terms of visual design, the PlayStation 3 emphasized a media-centered concept called the cross-media bar, expecting the console to serve as movie player as well as music player and portal to the internet. To accompany this visual aesthetic, the PS3 sound design emphasizes sleek, high-end audio. The startup sound isn't digital beeps and bloops or the revving of an engine, but it's the sound of a large orchestra tuning in a concert hall, all beautifully recorded and reproduced. The accompanying menu sounds are, like Sony's industrial design, sleek and neutral, pitchless, high-quality metallic clings. Really, they're neutral enough as not to suggest any one way of using the console. The Xbox 360, perhaps not too surprisingly, had an interface design that had echoes of Windows and PC gaming, but with more of an emphasis on high-tech power. Their opening startup jingle evokes an imaginative space-aged attitude, one to match their green color scheme and sci-fi-like name. Taking cues from Windows conventions, their clicks and bleeps are musical in nature, pitched and pleasant. Now for some of the sub-menus, they took advantage of original music composed by Steve Burke. It's really evocative and lovely music, playful while seeming to reach into the future, almost reminiscent of some of the film scores of Thomas Newman. One thing it certainly isn't is rooted in the past. Enter Nintendo. Unlike Microsoft and Sony, Nintendo hadn't really been involved in outside businesses that would have naturally required OS design. The closest they'd ever come in that area was work they'd done in actual video games, like Mario Paint on the Super Nintendo and Mario Artist, released only in Japan on the Nintendo 64 disk drive. 
Mario Paint was a big hit, and the aesthetic was pure Nintendo. Visually colorful and inviting, and musically unabashed. Melodic themes that, like other Nintendo classics, look backwards. In this case, to 60s Lounge and Bossa Nova. One of the composers of Mario Paint was Kazumi Tataka, who in the 2000s was ultimately responsible for the Wii system sound design. Like Mario Paint, the Wii interface is playful and inviting, and even uses Mario Paint's white glove as a pointer. Like the physical design of the console, the predominant color of this menu is white, and the underlying audio is pretty futuristic sounding for Nintendo. It seems to signal the newness of the console while staying extremely pleasant and comforting. The sound of the button clicks are loud and proud, more like a kid's game than an adult's computer. But for me, the real star here is the original music, both in the Mii channel and in particular, the Wii Shop channel. Musically speaking, I put this piece among Nintendo's greatest hits, but it's also a strong statement. Nintendo's really saying here that they know who they are and they're proud of it. For me, there's something very charming about the juxtaposition of this Muzaki bossa nova with modern e-commerce. Nintendo at its best is able to wink at their audience while sincerely entertaining them. There might not be a better example than this theme. These menu design choices play to large audiences, larger actually than any single game could. But there's an interesting drawback. The games themselves get ported and re-released, but when a console is gone, it's gone. The new generation of consoles, the Xbox One, the PlayStation 4, and the Wii U, each did away with all of these sound effects and songs. They each have different startup jingles and menu music, created to serve the new needs of their next generation of machines. Unlike the games they weed us into, these console interfaces, dashboards, and music aren't expected to endure. They're current and exciting frames to our game experience, but they'll ultimately be deemed obsolete. Hats off to all the designers, programmers, and composers who've made such great, if sometimes invisible, contributions to console gaming in the 21st century. And let's raise a glass to a very special comrade, the Wii Shop theme. Thanks for listening, everybody. And now, back to the show. Awesome stuff, man. Yeah, thanks thanks again, Marty, for that new installment of Marty's Corner. Yeah, and guys, feel free to go back. Uh, if you want to hear previous Marty's Corners, you can either, you know, go back through our Facebook feed and look at our previous posts, or I think, honestly, the easiest way to do it for now, eventually we'll, we'll try to upload them on YouTube, but if you search on our podcast, Marty's Corner, any episode that has that on there, I added a tag for that episode, so that should work for you to find the previous uh, Marty's right. Corners. But yeah, thanks, man, for stopping by. I think now it's time for Will to play your next pick, right? Yeah, and again, in keeping with the same <laughs> dude, Katsumi Tataka. Let's keep uh, the ball this rolling. This is a track that um, this whole game, I've been listening to a lot lately. I think it's really also underappreciated as far as the music. And it's a melody that I kind of overlooked. But the music to Mario Paint, actually. Nice. The, very, the, the title screen was really influential to me because... Um, there's nothing other than the melody there's melody and percussion and i found it really interesting of what that melody can convey but the track that i'm going to be playing today is actually called flower garden no way yeah i actually looked at this when we were doing our hips knock episode but 
but I didn't have enough evidence that he composed right. yeah, it. Yeah, this is most of the kind of um, there, there's actually a lot of it is kind of more sound effect based or more kind of ambient or right. kind of goofy type of sounds. But I think the two there's really two kind of main musical mm-hmm. themes, um, and those were both composed by Kasumi Tataka, and you can really tell because it just sounds like well, good thing I didn't play Mario. it on that episode then, huh? Yeah, so this track is called Flower Garden from Mario Paint, and this is a huge inspiration. Beautifully short loop is Flower Garden from <laughs> Mario Paint. You know, I love so many things about this. Uh, it's great. The definitive version of this is actually kind of the, I think it's called something, something like creative mode or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but it's the music that plays when you're using the the Mario Paint, you know, drawing yeah. editor. Um, and it's more upbeat. Dun, 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 it's really kind of fun, you know, thinking kind of music. But what I love about this version is the way it's harmonized. It just really sounds like Mario. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a great little melodic nugget, and the form of it is super solid. And it reminds me of Koji Kondo. The reason as why, far as the succinct nature of the melody. Well, exactly. Well, the reason that you know, for me, it reminds me of Koji Kondo is uh, it boggles the mind as far as like it's such a simple idea. But it's like so powerful. Right. I can't even explain it. It's like, it seems silly. It's like, oh, this little cute little video game ditty. But it's like, it's beautiful, you know? Oh, yeah, you don't even gorgeous. really know why well, you're and so drawn the other to track, it. I was really kind of split between playing two, and I definitely want to play the next one mm-hmm. at some point because that's the one that goes da 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 da. And what's so great about that, there's no harmonization, mm-hmm. no bass line, it's just the melody, but you can hear these complicated chord movements in your head yeah. because of the pitches that it outlines. It's yeah, really I, phenomenal. I'm glad you you guys, both you and Marty, shine a little more light on Tataka today because really, such a legend, such a strong command of melody that I forget sometimes. He's really one of those Nintendo veterans. I'm glad he's still active today. I wish I would have heard more like really... You you know, kind of big soundtracks from him, uh, you know, throughout his career. But man, what such a talent. So now I think, guys, it's time to move on to my next track. Oh, I'm really excited about this, actually. So now I'm going to play a track that is composed by Manami Matsume. And this is actually from a recent compilation album. It might have been a benefit uh, to some to some sort of cause. I'm not sure. I think it was some sort of benefit album. The album is called World One Two One Two. A bunch of different, you know, various artists. She contributed an original piece of music. Uh, just kind of reminds me of her classic chiptune video game music. It's just really catchy. It's groovy. It's super super cool. And it's it's Matsume all over the place. So this is One Shot, One Kill, composed by Minami Matsume.
That's just a killer piece of music. Uh, yeah. Just such a confident composer. One of my all-time favorite video game composers, I have to say. Um, Manami Matsume, this is One Shot, One Kill from the album World 1-2, which you can buy on iTunes. Um, man, I'm such a big fan of this track. I love the melody. I love how she's using uh, really kind of vintage, old-school chip sounds, but, you know, with a modern twist. You know, it's not authentic. Fa- it's not like Track or anything, but it's this nice combination. It feels modern, but it feels like the track itself has this reverence for old-school video game music, and I feel like I'm hearing that from her. She's kind of going back to an older era. Feels like Mega Man at certain times. Um, I don't know. I just I think it's a really confident track. Right. It's, again, her classic style of a really beautiful um, kind of emotional melody, but played over just kind of a fun, and elements of jazz, classical, classical music, yeah. Right. Really cool stuff. Time to move on back to you, Will. Okay, so I'm now going to be playing two tracks from... Uh, Chaos World. Huh. Uh, this was probably my most exciting find uh, for today's episode for me um, because this is just kind of a mammoth soundtrack for the NES. Uh, hmm. It's an RPG game, Chaos World, and what's great about it, what I love about it, is it's pretty diverse. Um, and I'm trying to remember if I've heard the music to this before. Yeah, probably. I I don't think we've played anything mm-hmm. from it. Um, but when I was first starting off, you know, listening to the first few tracks, I was definitely hearing some, you know, Koji Kondo influence. Some things right. that almost sounded like Mario, and almost some things that started to sound like Kirby. But then when I got into the battle music, mm. all of a sudden it was this glorious mixture of Mega Man and Castlevania. I gotta hear it. And when these two tracks, I gotta say, man, it brought me back to when we were working on Mega Buster. It really cool. sounds that much like Mega Man. Well, let's take um, a listen, so dude. I'm, Who I'm composed super excited. This? So this was composed by two composers, Iku Mizutani and Nanten Iwatsuki. This is Battle Theme from Chaos World, and this game came out in 1991. Let's take a listen. theme from chaos world killer what are your thoughts i love it it's immediate one of the things i love about nes era music is it's immediate it's like whether or not it's good or bad you can usually tell in like three seconds right like for the most part if it's this type of a track where it's going to be rocking and harmonized and catchy and rhythmic like it's super super good it's on the nose it Isn't feels it like so Castlevania feels like Castlevania I would say a little bit more of that than Mega Man for me well for this track the uh, next one definitely feels more parts Mega Man yeah I mean it's 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 in that era it wouldn't be something that would probably blow people away uh-huh. but it's so in the pocket for that era and listening yeah. to it now I just I, I can't get it's enough nice of this gem. era yeah it's yeah, great. I, I love it. And the the next one that you I'm say this play is an is RPG. Yeah, this is an RPG from. Oh, great discovery. This NES. is going to be a nice well to draw from for us for this show. Right. Should dig more into this soundtrack. Oh, 
Nice I job, don't dude. expect to hear a lot of tracks like that, okay. though. That's the thing that really surprised me is I was actually hmm. planning on playing. I was like, oh, this like title theme or this mm-hmm. early like town theme is really good. I think I'm going to play that. I might as well check out the rest of the soundtrack. And then right. I came upon like these battle music and I'm like, oh, my God. And that's such a great tradition for RPGs is battle music being the one sole rocking track. Maybe not the but one. It definitely. It's not like throwaway. But, you know, this no, sounds no, like a no. stage theme from mm-hmm. a Castlevania game. It's awesome. Well, now, guys. I'm going to play a track from a game that came out for the Dreamcast. This is Sakura Tyson 3. And this was composed by one of my recent kind of favorite new discovered composers, Kohei Tanaka. Did the oh, soundtrack to the Great Gravity Rush, which we gosh, got a spotlight. I love Kohei. Yes. Got a spotlight yes, on yes, that. Yes, yes, so yes, in general, yes. some of his work maybe have an episode on him. But a composer that's predominantly known in uh, Japanese anime. That's where he right. cut his teeth. That's where he's done most of his work dabbled in video games one of the video games he did came off of the dreamcast uh probably just in japan most likely really cool stuff uses some sort of sound chip sounds like general midi sounds like really kind of like 90s general midi sounds doesn't sound modern uh, as far as the actual instrument samples but really pretty stuff great soundtrack really what i what i what i hear in kohei tanaka is you know not that this would ever happen but he's not just like this is a guy who's done films and tv and so much legendary work he's not just approaching video games like oh yeah i'll do this little thing he's taking this every bit as seriously as any other projects that he has and he just the melodies are timeless so i'm going to play a track called nightfall over montmartre from sakura tyson 3 You're listening to Nightfall over Montmartre from Sakura Tyson 3 for the Dreamcast, composed by the wonderful Kohei Tanaka. This reminds me of like a really pretty nocturne by the likes of Chopin or something. Really yeah. beautiful, syrupy melody, simple. Um, the chords are conveying, you know, a lot, a lot of the emotion and the melody is just really kind of playing on top of it and dancing, frolicking around that beautiful chord progression. I, I don't know. This track really does it for me. What, what are your thoughts, Will? Yeah, I think it's really beautiful. I mean, it definitely it lives up to the standards uh, that I have for this guy. I, cool. You know, I haven't explored his music that much, but everything that I've heard, I've just been so impressed and excited mm-hmm. um, by. And yeah. this definitely meets that seal of quality. Absolutely. Well, I think it's exciting because, Will, I believe the next track of yours is your track of the week pick. 
yeah, this is going to be my submission. This is uh, the second track and last track that I'm going to be playing from Chaos World for the NES. Awesome. This is also a battle or a boss theme. This track is called Within the Boss. And where is the last one sounded a little bit more like Castlevania, this track to me sounds a lot like Mega Man. I think it has a really catchy harmonized melody. Um, and it's just a it's just a gem of an NES track. In and my if you opinion. guys are new to the podcast, what we do for show and tells is after both of us, we each have our own track of the week pick that we think, and then we do a rock paper scissors to and determine you've it. Won so. the last three rock <laughs> paper scissors, I think. All right, well, let's take a listen to Will's pick for track of the week. <laughs> Rocking track is called Within the Boss, composed Ooh. by Iku Mizutani in Nanten Iwatsuki. I dig it. I dig it a lot. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this is this is the best track I think uh, that we've heard so far today. This is just it it's just so confident, you know? Like yeah. rhythmically, if you were to change the notes and make the notes not as interesting, it would still engage me because rhythmically it's very fun and rocking. But the note choice, the harmonies are beautiful. And it's oh, like yeah. it's what we talk about so much in this era because if you were to play it on piano, if you were to slow it down, the notes are beautiful and they're really sonorous and pretty. But it's this really cool groove. Like they they place importance on melody and harmony and rhythm and groove well, it's, all together. It's one of my favorite effects in music where um, you have two harmonized pitches and you kind of obscure which one is the melody by making the top voice the stationary one. Yeah. Typically, you know, it's if rare. I were writing Very a song, you know, that. I would have the lower harmonized note or you know even traditional part writing. You you make the inner voices do the smallest amount of step motion right. but it's really engaging because with this you know your your ear is drawn to the moving line you know we're drawn to da 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 but that also can kind of sound like a harmony part right and so is the melody really da 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 who knows but it's one of that great effect where sort of melody and harmony is kind of blurred into just this one harmonized pairing and it's just it's so classic that b section chord is great one of my favorite parts is the alternate form of the a melody it's so good it's really jazzy and it's incredible kind of how complex those chords appear when again we're only having Mm. three pitches at one time well nice job dude nice selection uh is tough tough to beat that but i do think i can beat that so my choice for track of the week uh and you know anytime i you know have the show and tell it's like okay i have to do jake kaufman for track of the week it's such an easy person to go to for a track of the week contender this is from is it shantae or shantae in the pirate's curse this is i believe the second or third game in this uh fairly new series jake's done all the soundtracks just came out recently so it's a really great recent soundtrack you can get on his band camp i highly recommend recommend it. Very Middle Eastern, very fun, playing with our conceptions and the stereotypes of Middle Eastern music, combining it with Western funk 
dance and video game, just classic video game music. In this track, you guys will hear a fun combination of the harmonic minor, the Arabian scale, mixed with like just fun danciness and jazziness. So I'm going to play We Love Burning Town from Shanty and the Pirate's Curse by Jake Kaufman. This is my vote for track of the week. Here we go. Such a blast. I really, really highly recommend uh, guys buy the soundtrack. You can get it for free, but, you know, chip in a few shekels. It's worth it. This is Shanty and the Pirate's Curse. This track is We Love Burning Town by Jake Kaufman, uh, as if we needed to tell you. So unmistakable, his style. Having so much fun in this soundtrack. Sounds to me like he's just doing his thing. Probably didn't take him as long. Probably wasn't taking it maybe as seriously as, you know, something like Shovel Knight. Uh, Having a great time with it. So much humor all over the soundtrack. But it just is so dancey. I don't know. What are your initial reactions to this? My favorite part was that that final section that really just sounds like disco, I think, was my favorite. You know I I love that. Because it's a reward for the listener. Because you think you know everything this track is. Okay, that's cool. It's dancey and it's Arabian. But then when that section comes and has so much more Western influence... It's just kind of out of left field in a good right. way, and it just it, it pays off. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And just the rhythmic displacement of that riff, how it starts on the one, then the second time it's on the offbeat, and just fun instruments, fun groove. So I think while this is, you know, finishing, I think it's time for our battle, our show-and-tell show-off. Track of the week, Rock, Paper, Scissors, Battle. You ready, Will? A lot of pressure Ooh. on you, I'd say. Because I think I've won the last three. Doesn't that put the pressure on you? Because that means I have nothing to... There's no pressure for me because I'm probably going to lose anyway. But I feel like I, lose, I would be fine with not having it because I've had so many recently, you know? So I mean, I'm fine with not having it because I do like Okay, this well, then I'll well. have it. So moving on. No, here we go. Ready? Okay. On shoot, by the way. Yeah. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. One of three. Here Wait, what? No, we only do one. We never do best two out of three. Oh, I guess if we tied, we kept tying. Okay, so I got rock and Will got paper. So I, I feel like I you gave to... it to me, though, because you were about to do scissors I was about and to then do you scissors. turned it into rock. Somehow I knew that I wanted to give it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that was. I'll take it. 
I take, take pity. It. I'll take the He'll I'll take, take the pity win. So the track of the week this week is that wonderful track. From but please Chaos support Jay Kaufman. Go to his website. Go to his Bandcamp, and please download the soundtrack to Shanty and the what is it? Never Neverland Pirates. Shanty and the Pirates Curse. So, Will, I believe it's time for your next pick. Awesome. Well, this one. Um, I wasn't expecting to have, but it just has really been a huge part of my life in the last few months. This is a track from Destiny, and uh, my a little backstory, my roommate in college, um, he's my good friend Paul, he plays this game nonstop. It's like what he does all the time, and whatever I'm doing, sure whenever I stop... Whenever I stop whatever I'm doing, if I take my headphones off, I hear this song playing in the background. It's a nice short loop. It's this kind of choral piece, but it's one of the most reoccurring themes in the game because I hear it all the time, mm -hmm. and I'm really drawn to it. To me, it, it feels very kind of like Christmassy, and it puts me in the spirit cool. of winter, but I think it's something that you might have to listen to a few times to appreciate. Let's hear Anyways, it. this track is called The Great Unknown, and the composers of this game were Marty O'Donnell, Michael Salvatore, C. Paul Johnson, and, of course, Paul McCartney. Let's take a listen. That's basically it. The piece now will fade down, um, but in the game, you know, it loops kind of infinitely on that choral section, and um, this music plays so often in the game. I think this plays um, must be like before. They're going to say so often after. in your apartment. <laughs> and that too, but um, it plays so often, like in between each battle. I think. So, will you say this is the theme of your first semester? <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Especially, you know, when he first started playing Destiny was after up in Duluth, we had our first huge, massive snowfall. Snow so I kind of associate this with snow and winter, yeah, I, and it's what a very I, fitting. What I think is interesting, it's very chilling. Yeah. Uh, it's very haunting, and I think the very beautiful choral colors. But you have those low kind of string instruments that right. are really kind of giving it a sense of tension yeah and i think my favorite thing is is this melody um and the whole chords and everything it has two positions and i call it open and close it's mm -hmm. both open maybe open voicings or open position right. and close position harmonies but the closed ones are where we have the dissonance so we have ah ha ha 
ha and the the higher pitch that's where we have the more consonances mm-hmm. you know it's just more open fifths and fourths but then when the melody kind of collapses in that's when we get you know those minor and major seconds in those kind of biting snarly wavering cool harmonies this, this was the only track that paul mccartney wrote <laughs> the one that you'd never expect that's so i cool. love it though i think it's it's really beautiful uh, another shout out you know speaking of paul mccartney i listened to a really awesome uh, the nerdist the nerdist yeah. interview that nerdist so had paul cool. mccartney on recently what a treat. it's just an amazing interview everyone should really listen to it. whether or not you're currently a fan of paul mccartney just a really interesting interview i mean just historically you know you just think about everything that man has been through you know it's so crazy to hear the face of the world to, to hear so like much. a legend like that mm-hmm. being interviewed on a podcast and talking really about insane. everything you know just so intimately really cool now we're going to move on to my second to last pick we're closing out the episode here getting close i'm going to play a track from nemesis 3 for the msx uh, a Konami game. I think it might have something to do with the Gradius series. Definitely a space shooter. The composers, what's cool is the primary composer, Machir Yamani, uh, really old, you know, back in the day before she worked on Castlevania. You also have Kazuhiko Ohara, who's classic for Ka- for Konami, uh, Motowaki Furukawa, and Yuki Morimoto. Just a lot of classic Konami composers. Let's take a listen to a track called Close Quarters, which is Stage 10 from Nemesis 3. This is one of my favorite uh, tracks that I'm playing today, probably just slightly behind the Shanty track, but I just am such a big fan of the the melody here, the, the surprising chord changes. There's one section that reminds me of like 80s film score just for a short amount of time, but most of it is just like absolutely at home in the Gradius series, something like Life Force. It's just what I like about this era of Konami music. Triumphant, but it, of course it grooves. Very soaring. Mm-hmm. Soaring through the stars, if you will. Yeah, I think that's honestly why we named that yeah. track that because that that that's the kind of music we Gradius, were for. Life Force, those were the games that um, were really inspirational. I know, I remember especially for God, me, I love this track. Writing the melodies um, to that game, I wanted to capture that kind of yeah. very simple feeling of soaring. I and love flight. this triangle here. Ding 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 ding. There's no drum kit here, which would really would have helped to even. I might do a remix of this track where I add a drum kit, but yeah, you hear that That's a lot. That's the only thing you add. It's the just only a thing modern, I, you know, mod- like addictive drums or something. <laughs> superior. No, I drummer, go into the studio. I go into the studio and pay a lot of money to add a real drum kit to this. But then keep the. I mean, I wouldn't change it because it's perfection. So, all right, well, time for your next track. So now I'm going to play a track from a Yoko Shimomura Square 
SNES RPG. And, um, you know, that's a real treat in and of itself. But one of my favorite things about this game, the title, I think you I know need to read is. it in order to appreciate it. I believe it's called Live Alive. But Live, live, live. live and Live are both spelled the same. We always and call it Live Alive because it's just Live and then A. Live Yeah, but live. it's supposed to be Live Alive. But, but there's, it, a, there's space. a separate yeah, there's a but, space with the but A. Live and Live are both spelled the same. Live a live, live alive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, I think it's called. It doesn't live make alive. sense either way. Because <laughs> it's not live and then space one word alive. I know, but I think the whole point of it is to be live alive. Wow. But they're separate. I think we should words. talk more about that. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the games tracks actually use puns like that. Like they'll be like cry alive. Well, or let's whatever. let's let's play. What are you playing from this? Because so, we played a track for for yeah her yeah we we did um one on the Yoko episode, but. I love this track because this is, I think, one of the best examples of authentic um, Barokian, Bakian mm. counterpoint in all of games. We talk about that type of stuff a lot, but this is an authentic, you know, church organ piece. Like both a prelude. Um, the the sound of it, you know, these are these organ samples are very high quality, but her writing is so on the nose, and it's a masterwork exercise in counterpoint. So What's let's take a listen called? to Armageddon from Live Alive or Live a Live, um, <laughs> composed by Yoko Shimomura. Or Live a Live. Listening to Armageddon from Liva Live. <laughs> Live Alive by the wonderful Yoko Shimomura. Oh my gosh, this is impressive. Gorgeous. Pretty much a fugue for the most part. Uh, not like an authentic fugue, but there's definitely, you know, she's really trying to hammer that idea home where you have, you know, kind of this kind of round where like, you have a melody in this voice and then it's, you know, repeated in a lower voice and then Imitation. slow. Yeah, slow, you know, played out the low. What would be the pedals of an organ? Uh, but you have a little bit more accessible kind of interesting repetition. But yeah, there's some excellent counterpoint in here. I think those organ samples work really well. And Do they ever? Again, unlike most video game music that will go for something like this, it's not vaguely classical. It is very authentic. Um, some of my favorite parts that feel very like, you know, incidental church music um, are when we have those simple melodies played over those kind of circle of fifths chord progressions. It's beautiful. 
Um, that stuff's really beautiful. And yeah, that I think this sounds was, like a uh, lot of music that you'd hear in like a cathedral. This was released only for the Super Famicom, so I don't believe this saw a North American release. But yeah, no, uh, really great stuff, Will. In general, I'm you know really feeling all your picks today. But I think it's unfortunately time to move on to my last pick of the day. Kind of sad to you know to leave this, but I'm gonna close off with one I'm really excited about. Another modern track. This is uh, a brand new album, a new game soundtrack release from Flashy Goodness. Flashy Goodness is one of my favorite kind of modern chiptunes uh, artists. Uh, he just did some great stuff. I really want you guys to check out, if anyone digs this track, be sure to check out Tower of Heaven, which is my favorite soundtrack he did. We've played a track from that before, but I'm going to play a track from Overpowered, which is a new uh, game and soundtrack he just released. This is Broken Elevator to Revelation. Some SNES-style samples kind of reminds me of 16-bit video game music. Really cool stuff. Let's take a listen. fan of that chord progression there you're listening to broken elevator to revelation from overpowered by the wonderful flashy goodness and this is a new soundtrack that's available um on his website in Bandcamp. if you guys like this really you should check out uh, the track indignant divinity from tower of heaven it's my favorite flashy goodness track so if you're in the mood for some modern chip tunes i'm a really big fan of the instruments he uses here that bass and the drums kind of remind me of snes uh, he actually has another new soundtrack that is like kind of even more SNES inspired but cool track very groovy right up my alley absolutely well thank you so much for joining us this week we had a wonderful time on show and tell 14 really crazy to believe we've done 14 of these but in some ways really crazy to believe we've only done 14 of these you know (laughs) it's insane yeah and yeah guys stick with us because next week I'm really excited we have our spotlight on uh, Kirby's Return to Dreamland a really cool soundtrack for the Wii Uh, you know you guys know I'm a huge Kirby fan I had that album that came out this past fall uh, another day in Dreamland so really excited to spotlight on this wonderful soundtrack in the Kirby series that's going to be a lot of fun uh, next week so stick with us we have some great episodes coming up once again my name is Carl Brueggemann and I'm his brother Will Brueggemann happy holidays everyone peace out